This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice-cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I'm great, Josh. I captain Aguero, and and I presume, Josh, you are not so great because you're on <laughs> Captain Sala. We're going to talk a yeah. lot about the captaincy debate leading up to Game Week Two and where it kind of leaves us going forward into the season. Um, but let's be clear right at the outset: we're recording this ahead of the Liverpool Crystal Palace match because Josh, you're traveling for work on Monday, so this yep. is just when we can we can fit it in. So we're going to have the highs of. Aguero, we might be celebrating the highs of Sala a Monday evening. We don't know. Yeah, it's funny. We've all been in this position before where you you own a player, fairly highly owned player, um, but you didn't captain them and they they do well and you sort of start doing the math in your head, right? It's like Aguero scores one goal, fine, no problem, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Six mm-hmm. points, maybe eight, maybe nine with bonus. Salah can do that easily. He scores almost every game. You know, <laughs> gets a second goal. You're like, all right, 13. But you know, yeah. you get more. You get more points for a goal from midfielder. So one goal, one assist, couple bonus totally. points. I was going to say that's exactly when you start saying, "Oh, Salah's a midfielder." That's still no problem. It's basically just one goal, <laughs> right? Exactly. And then it's it's really not until you get that that second goal and the assist that you're suddenly like. Salah's going to need like one of his best games ever <laughs> to, to match yeah. this. And then when you get the hat trick and the assist and you're at a full 20 points, you're like, this is just, you know, at, at that point, you just have to like, you start making peace with yourself. You're like, at least he's in my team. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, well, uh, he's only owned by about 30. I mean, it feels like he's owned by everybody if you're on, you know, Twitter or Facebook or whatever. But, you know, um, and then talking to people in the fantasy game. But, you know, it's it's really only only 30%, 70% of the people don't have him at all. So, you know, for an overall rank perspective, it's still, it's still a net positive to have Sal. I mean, he was only captained by, you know, 13% of managers overall or something like that. But uh, in your personal mini leagues, it, it can be a kind of dark day. And that's where I am right now, which is uh, basically everyone in our league seems to have Captain Aguero except for me, which is a tough spot. Yeah, Padful says, I captain Salah instead of Aguero. Should I perform some kind of FPL Harry Carey? <laughs> now, I 
we've all been on one side or another of an Aguero captaincy. Last season, when Aguero scored uh, his full four goal game, I think it was against Leicester. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have Aguero in my team at that point, and I convinced myself at the end of the season that I completely missed my overall rank target because I didn't have Aguero there. However, I have. You know, there have been other. Uh, seasons in which I've had a, he'll at least have one of these games per season right? right there have been seasons where I've had him for this game but not captain there have been other seasons in which I have come out ahead so um, I think we'll get into this with the captaincy debate is it just a crapshoot how much of this should we have seen coming? Yeah, I guess. I mean, you know, we can't talk about this without talking about Guardian Gate, right? The uh, the new uh, there was this article that went out Friday afternoon that said that. And okay, here's here's my my okay. Well, I'll, I'll just I'll mention the article first. There's an article that came out on Friday uh, that said that uh, Aguero was. Um, that Pep was considering resting, not really resting, but more like dropping rotating him. His, yeah, dropping him, like rotating the squad. Um, it wasn't really, you know, the article was kind of a weird article. Didn't, there was no quotes. It was clearly like a deep background sort of thing. I generously think that that, that article was um, based on some actual inf- like inside information of the team. Like it's possible that Pep was, was really thinking about it. I mean, it was like the response to that article both – on Friday when it was published, and then today when Aguero did so well, was really like the worst of social media, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, I don't know how you feel about it. Well, I it it was a, our first great FPL community, a hyper community moment of the season. Right. And in everyone's preparation ahead of the season, we're preaching patience. You know, one of your favorite tips, Josh, is read non-fantasy sources to get your information. That right. kind of bit bit us uh, in the behind this time around, but um, I do think that the FPL community took that article and ran with it unjustifiably. So, right? Um, I mean, it's great content. We're all sitting around on Friday. We're getting excited about the game week. It's something for us to talk about. But I think it did spin out of control because for me, I. I just frankly didn't believe it. Now, I, I don't know anything more than anybody else does, but I didn't believe the article. Right. And uh, I kept coming back to this idea of, well, City at home to Huddersfield. Liverpool still uh, you know, up there, one of the best attacks, but they're away at Crystal Palace. What's the smartest decision I can make here? And ultimately, that's how I settled on Aguero. Yeah, I think that's totally reasonable. I mean, I, you know, I... I did not change my captain from Aguero to Salah. It was already on Salah because my feeling about Salah right now is the guy basically scores in virtually every match. Because of that, he's my kind of set and forget, sort of regardless of circumstance. And the fact that there was a seed of doubt about Aguero just made that decision easier. So I'm not one of these people that 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 did like an 11th hour switch. Um, if I did, I'd probably be more frustrated right now. Um, although I may have talked myself into where, I don't know, you know it doesn't matter. You know, it's, it's what's done is done. Uh, James yeah. Bishop had uh, said, um, what do you think of Guardian articles in general? Um, and I, I love the guard. I mean, the Guardian to me is, is the best place for football articles. I mean, for non, like, I mean, not like stat based articles, but just like real, like news, like narrative news. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the Guardian sports, you know, their, their football section virtually every single day. 
Um, and I enjoy it tremendously. I also listen to their podcast twice a week. So, um, yeah. so I'm not going to bash the guardian just cause they had one article where they got the <laughs> right. facts wrong or pep changes mine at the last minute or who knows, you know? Right. I, I, I don't think either of us have seen any of this Amazon documentary about Manchester city last season. I have seen clips and the clips I have seen is Pep Guardiola seems to manage in a way of like an exploding sun. And, uh, I can, I can imagine that he is very intense in practice everywhere, and he probably knows how to manage his players in such a way. And probably some journalist who is kind of just outside or close to the club looks at maybe him being explosive toward Aguero and and thinks, oh, well, this is Pep being unhappy with him. Well, maybe that's just the way Pep chooses to manage him. And guess what? Aguero comes out against Huddersfield and plays an incredible game. So um, I think that sometimes these articles can give too much credence. I mean, we talk about this all the time with Mourinho, giving too much credit to what the managers say and how they say it, as opposed to the managers, this is just them playing a game. Yeah. And just as kind of the final word on this article, I mean, people like there was like it was getting very weirdly personal towards the writer of this article, uh, which it was just it was just bad. like, don't do that. You know, like, give me a break. Like this guy was not trying to I they're not to me. This is not like Sky Sports or something like they're not like particularly clickbaity. Um, I don't know. It was just a, it was just a strange one. So um there is only one yeah. Anfield Express. There is only one source that got it right every single time. And right. Anfield <laughs> yeah. Express said it is better to burn out than fade away. And they called it quits. Yeah. So what about the rest of your team? So how are you feeling? You know, we've got one more game to go still. But, you know, you, you got to be feeling pretty good about things. Yeah, I feel great. Uh, I think the fix has my projected live rank around 38K overall, which uh, is phenomenal. I'm feeling very good about that. Sitting 74 points right now with the Aguero captaincy. Uh, Arnie got his first run out in my squad. I benched him in game week one, but now uh, got a great penalty from him, eight points. Richarlison looks like he's going to be a golden boy, mid-price midfielder with his brace. And then my defense, uh, the double up in Manchester City, it worked really well in game week one with the clean sheet and Mendy's assist. There was a a bad clean sheet wipeout for City, but my God, this double up seems like the best move I've ever made. Mendy yeah. comes away with two assists. Ederson with uh, one of the most um, undebatable goalkeeper assists you'll ever see. It's a fantastic mm-hmm. play. Uh, yeah. So I'm feeling great about all the strategy there. There are two bones to pick, and it's a good segue to your game week two squad, Josh. Josh King and Diogo Jota for Wolverhampton. These guys both sitting on one points. They look like fun options going into the season, but now they're both looking like they might drop in price this week. And uh, I think we're going to talk a bit about how to drop these guys. Yeah, I um, yeah, it's kind of yeah. So I have I have um, King Jota. Um, I do have Charles and Mendy and Aguero, and it was, it was strange to have a match where I came out of it with 28 points, and I still felt like I kind of – at least I didn't have anybody in the midfield. I mean, the midfield at City right now, we're going to get to that in a second, is um, it's very tricky. Um, it's very hard to pick the right the right options. Um, so I do have Charles and um, the real issue for me is Bailly and Davis, um, who, uh, you know, I mean, Manchester United looked absolutely – uh, just I mean, they, they could not have looked worse in this game, yeah. and 
Um, I don't know how much of it was not having Sanchez. I, I mean, there's just there, there was no attacking play, and the, the defense looked poor. It was just a strange. It was like the, it was like the the last five minutes of the Leicester game, like we're like a, spread out over ninety minutes today. <laughs> you know, it was just a strange performance. And um, and then Davis was very frustrating because you know he had great assist opportunities, and it just his teammates were sort of blowing it again and again. So. I mean, but he might have to go uh, just because he's he's six million, and they they play away to Man United in game week three, and they play Liverpool in game week five, and um, and at that price, I, I you know I have two transfers going into game week three, so I, I really feel like I need to to make some changes. Mm-hmm. I think Josh King is going to get a stay of execution. I think he's yeah. still gonna he's still gonna be in my squad uh, going into game week three. I mean, they play at home to Everton, and Everton don't have a very strong defense, so. Yeah, I'm sort of fine with that. Um, but, you know, everything is still kind of in flux for me because I, I have Zaha at home tomorrow. I've got Mane. I have Salah captained. Um, I have Allison. So I've got four players to go. I'm on 42 points, which is not where I want to be, but I'm probably still above the the game week average, which hasn't been updated yet. Uh, and I still have my captain and three other players to go. So yeah. we'll see. You know, we'll see where things, you know, I mean, it's, it's I, I could be looking at 80 plus points after tomorrow's match, uh, in which case I feel very differently about things. So I don't want to like, you know, go on this podcast and, and moan too much about the Aguero thing, because, you know, if I could even get like, I don't I'm trying to think of like what a generous thing to ask for tomorrow. Let's say like, if I can get, <laughs> if I can get like 11 points from Salah, maybe that's too much to ask. But if I get like 10 points, let's say, then it's like a net 10 point loss from Salah versus Aguero. And that I can, I can handle. Yeah. You, you know, you can stomach that. I could stomach that if he if he gets injured in the eighth minute, you know, and it's a 19 point swing. That's yeah, <laughs> that's a lot to handle. But again, it's only 19 points. It's a 38 game season. You can't take anyone's any one game week too seriously. Yeah. I mean, you and I, you know, we play this head to head, you know, um, against each other every every year. You know, it's just a 38 game head to head. We play each other every week. And there are weeks where one or the other of us will beat the other person by 35 <laughs> or 40 points. Yeah. You know, that's a very common thing to, to happen. And in the end, we always finish within five or ten. I mean, it's amazing. Still how very close, yeah. After, yeah, after all these years, we almost invariably finish within like fifteen points of each other. I know we have the last two years at least. Yeah. So, um, you know, so so we'll see. I'm getting. I'm a little nervous about this Palace game tomorrow. And I mean, obviously, I have a huge head start with the Aguero captaincy, but I'm doubled up on Liverpool defense with Van Dyke and Robertson, and I'm expecting Palace to score. So, um, I'm feeling a little greedy right now, thinking I'm nervous for the Liverpool Palace game. But there I am. No, I'd be feeling good about your team as well, Brandon. Uh, I'm also feeling very good about all of our new patrons. Patreon.com is where you can go to support the podcast. That's patreon.com slash always cheating. And you get access to private leagues. We have a survivor league that we're starting in a few weeks. You can go online and learn more about that. Uh, We have our Slack chat channel, which is just fantastic, really thriving right now. Uh, So quick thank you to Leo Howell. Dinesh Kumar, Evan Tan, Mark Hayward, Christopher Blair, and Felipe Train. Also, a thank you to Jeremiah Johnson, who was an upgraded patron this week. And he, because he won one of our head-to-head leagues last year, uh, one of our Patreon leagues, that is, is um, going to be actually on the podcast in September. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's going to be fun. We've got it in the books for early September. Excited to talk to uh, Jeremiah. Had a great season last year. Can he keep it up? That's the big question, Josh. That is the all right. Not 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 all good stuff here. We've got a few rants. Uh, obviously, we couldn't have a day like today without some rants. FPL Sage says, "If there's a god, why didn't he tell me Aguero would start and score a hat trick?" So, is it God's? The question here that Sage is ra- raising is: Is it God's responsibility 
to help your FPL team. Right. Well, you can own the same players. So he wouldn't be hurting anybody if he helps you. So <laughs> this one might be on him, actually. This one might be. That's good. This is one of those times when you, you actually could go ahead and blame him, I think. <laughs> Fair enough. Or her. All right. Uh, another oh. rant. This is a series of tweets that comes from FPL Ant. Tweeting, he says, after a disastrous last second Aguero to Erickson captaincy this week, I'll be trusting the bus team. What is the optimum moment to step in front of the bus and still survive as it pulls in and breaks or as it pulls out building momentum? Uh, this is an excellent question. We talk a lot about our bus team. This is the team we set um, like today, a week ahead of schedule, just in case we get hit by a bus sent into a coma. Mm-hmm. Have you ever thought so far, Josh, as to how best to get hit by this bus as to stop you from making a terrible game week decision? Last second transfer. Yeah, it's a I don't know. Yeah. You know, I, I, th- I think the thing is you it's you kind of it, you only remember it when it goes badly. You know, like when you make a last second transfer and you pick up like three extra points which is usually how those transfers work. Mm-hmm. Like usually I feel like last second transfers often are good. Um, but it's just when things go spectacularly wrong that you really hold on to it. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. The bus team is really, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think I mentioned on the 10 tips that you should take a screenshot of your bus team. I think that is useful because sometimes you just want to look back and just see what, you know, what your sort of uncluttered brain thought was the best team going into a game week. Yeah, and I think that's – honestly, that's what helped me stick to my guns with the Aguero captaincy is it was part of my bus team strategy, and that gave me the extra strength that I needed. All right, you're not really going with this FPL ants rant here, Brandon. This is – this is this, uh, you know, it's a whole uh, – okay. it's a part series, of a series of rants. Okay, so we got two more comments from Anna in, in his rant slash rage he goes on, at what point during the Man City game did Aguero to Erickson managers lose the will to hope and become reek from Game of Thrones? <laughs> Deep down, do I hate myself and wish only the worst for my life? Right. Well, that this is a question I thought about a lot this morning as I... <laughs> as you looked in the as, mirror and as, called yourself reek? <laughs> as I just thought, I am real. like, I was, the stress I was feeling as Aguero was scoring all these goals and picking the assists, I was like, this, this doesn't, it's that like feeling we have, we all have a half dozen times every year during the fantasy season where you're like, this doesn't feel healthy. This feels like, <laughs> this, the level of stress and distraction I'm feeling right now can't be good for like the rest of my life, yeah. you know? Like, uh, yeah, this is, I need, like, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm starting to come around to this like match of the day idea where you just, you just take the day. And you just you just wait until the evening, and then you just watch everything in a two hour block. That does seem like a more sensible way to approach these matches, right? As, as, as opposed to what you and I do, which is basically watch every minute of every game. Yeah, and, um, and push our, our friends and loved ones aside so we can make that happen. <laughs> I do think there there is a balance between uh, uh, becoming obsessive about it and your mood being completely impacted by it, and also just saying, "Well, this is all just a game, and it's meaningless." I think it's fun and interesting somewhere in between where you're like, okay, this is a thing that's happening. What can I learn from it and how can I apply it to my team going forward? That's true. That's what a healthy person thinks. Yeah. That, that's very, that's yeah. very true. Good luck finding one of those <laughs> healthy people out there in the wild. I'm not sure they exist. Uh, so there's no uh, Hail Cheater Super League this week. Uh, I mean, we, there, we'll update the there is there, the league is still exists, but um, it is uh, not going to be not going to be talked about in this podcast. Uh, I will share it out uh, after Monday's matches, though. So congratulations to whoever's in first place right now. I know that it's not me. Uh, that's the one thing I do know. 
Uh, Brandon, let's take a quick break, and we're going to get back. We have two key topics we're going to get into. Uh, first one is who are the best players to own in Man City. Uh, the second one is uh, what to do with some expensive flops. Brandon, we're back. We have two key topics to discuss. The first topic is very simple question: Who are the three best players to own on Manchester City? Brandon, perhaps you know Manchester City. Play at the Eddie Had. Their mascots are Moonchester and Moonbeam. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won the league last year. Yeah, they have a bald manager. <laughs> These are the things I know. Yeah, I think what we think we know after two game weeks is that Manchester City are the same as they were last season insofar as they will score a lot of goals. Slightly different because they have a few different players like Mares and now KDB has this terrible knee injury keeping him out for a couple of months. So the right. so I feel like whereas last season their defense was slightly tricky, a, uh, a lot of rotation worry there as well. They were consistently letting in goals and the attack was where you want it to be. My feeling right now is I'm in a good place doubled up on Man City defense with Ederson and Mindy and Aguero is despite all of our discussion leading into game week two seems rock solid uh for starts up front um yeah I think you and I both uh made what made the right move uh which is to just avoid the Man City midfield entirely um you know it's okay Bernardo Silva uh was sort of the player du jour this week with, with, with Kevin De Bruyne's injury. Um, somehow they scored seven goals. He played 90 minutes and didn't get a Six goal goals. assist. Six goals, excuse me. So, I mean, what do you think about, you know, Bernard, did that change yeah. your opinion on him at all? No, this, the, the Huddersfield match did not change my opinion on Bernardo Silva. I think it, if it's all about um, getting these players as locked into the starting 11 week to week as possible, Bernardo Silva looks to be a, among the best buys. And mm-hmm. I, we talked a bit about this on the Slack, how, who benefits the most from a KDB injury. And it's a very interesting singular position that KDB plays. He does a lot of pressing, a lot of tackling in the midfield, in addition to all of his incredible key passes. So who's going to become that box to box guy? I, 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 and I think somebody like Gundogan, as we saw today, steps in and does that. I don't think that makes Gundogan, uh, a good FPL asset. That's what made KDB so special is he was able to do these, this yeoman's work and still had this huge amount of attacking output. Nick Wright, uh, our friend made this incredible point. Like who, who benefits most on city in the midfield is who now is taking the set pieces that De Bruyne would be taking corner kicks uh, among them. And Bernardo Silva, it's right. another point in his favor. He was sharing corner kick duties with Gunduan. So David Silva too. I mean, yeah, you know, yes. can't overlook his, his free kick goal today. I mean, David Silva maybe becomes even more a player we should really consider who we haven't talked about really at all, you know, yeah. so far. Yeah. And I guess then that, okay. So a point for Silva is that he had a, he had a fairly decent game despite not any attacking output. It's clear that Pep is really, um, raised his um, his uh, relationship with Bernardo Silva to the next level. But yeah, now David Silva comes in and kind of uh, screws that all up from an FPL sense because now David Silva is, yeah, as you're saying, a great option. He looked, uh, you know, it, he looked in great form today. Yeah, uh, 8.4 million. It's actually already dropped uh, 0.1 uh, since the season started, which uh, feels a little premature, although I guess uh, – 
I guess that David Silva to I mean with all the six point five million midfielders like Richarlis, and it must have been very tempting to to make that move. Um yeah, I didn't change my opinion on Bernardo Silver either. I still think he's a great option at 7.6 million. Um, I think that, yeah, you're going to have to deal with some rotation risk there. I think that, um, I think Mares is probably not worth the risk at 9 million. I mean, I, it's easy to say now because he didn't start, and I, I'm sure he's going to get plenty of starts, but I just don't trust him in this squad yet. You know, like, let's wait till he does. I mean, I don't think he even had a goal or an assistant preseason, did he, for for Man City? I know he looked good, but, um, you know, he's trying a little too hard. Maybe if that free kick goal goes in, game week one, it's a different story. But, um, you know, the free kick, you know, his his free kick that almost went in. Um, I I don't know. It does feel like Silva might be the safest option because at least you're only laying out 7 million or 7.5 million, 7.6, I guess. Yeah. Um, If I were wild carding, I would absolutely 100% have Raheem Sterling in my team even at 11 million. And it's, it's the kind of thing that actually makes me sort of tempted to wildcard. Um, I don't think I will. Um, although I, it is, I don't so, want to fall into that trap because I have two transfers of there. Are, I, there I, I would say there's at least four changes that I want to make to my team, but I can do, I can make two of them going into game week three. So I probably won't be wildcarding, but okay. it is tempting just to rearrange things a little bit. I mean, the Josh King just, yeah, so disappointing. Um, is the Davis trap you're talking about um, the? So I'm I'm on two frees as well, like a lot of us are. The temptation is, well, I could just burn four and get a mini wild card with three transfers, right? Or just that I can't wild card because I have two transfers. Ah, you know, like I, I, I Okay. I was I was good and disciplined, and I saved two transfers, and now I now I can't wild card because it'll be a waste of the move that I the yeah. move that I didn't make, you know, before. So. Um, that, that to me is the, is the trap I want. I guess it's a, like a very specific mistake, but I feel like I have done this before where I'm like, I can't wildcard. I've got two transfers. Talk to me about so, the Sterling yeah. move a bit more. Why? So a lot of people will be scratching their head. Sterling, of course, looked I think good. He and- got his, I think he got his rest. I think mm-hmm. he got his, his extra week off. Um, and I expect him to start the next several fixtures. And their next several fixtures are fantastic. I think all of these guys are going to get rested once. Uh, and maybe he just got his out of the way. Mm-hmm. So um, that that to me is what makes him tempting. Um, th- my midfield as constituted, there's really no way to fit him in. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've got I've got Mane. He's not going anywhere. Um, no, sir. You know, I've got n- no. Uh, neither is Salah. Uh, then I've got Richarlison, who I don't want to move either. So I would have to basically take. A, I'd have to move. <laughs> how, do turn, to a, how do you turn Diogo Yota Jota into uh, Raheem Sterling? That is a true magic trick, my friend. I would have to. It, I could do it on a wild card, I think, because then I could. I could Davis, Bai, and King. I could get like five million from those three if I went all cheap. But then okay. it's like, do I really want cut rate options everywhere just to have Raheem Sterling? I don't know. Probably not. That's probably not worth it. Yeah. Maybe you just can't have Sterling if you have money. That's yeah. that's a possibility too. Yeah. Uh, we have a question from Welsh Gunnar. Can we expect to see Pep play both strikers in future games? And this, I think, informs this entire squad question of Man City. Uh, Pep said regarding Huddersfield and lower table teams like them who are going to come to the Etihad and pack the box, he expects to play two strikers consistently in matches like that. And I think that's where like a game against Huddersfield last season where they totally stymied uh, City and held them, I think, to a nil-nil draw. 
I think Pep's taken a lot of time over the summer to try and figure out how he's <laughs> going to tweak the strategy to bulldoze teams who try to do that to them, which, of course, they they will, knowing what knowing what to expect from City. So um, if we if we take that to be true, which is, of course, a hilarious thing for me to say, based on how we started this podcast of people just trying to predict outright what right. Pep is going to do. But yeah. um, I I do fear that all of these there there will be cornerstones of every Man City attack, and I think we'll have to get the hang of it as the season goes. Which type of formation, which type of strategy we can expect to see week to week, depending on who City's opponent is. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason after this game to think that he wouldn't deploy that strategy again, right? Yeah. I mean, they absolutely worked, and yeah, it worked, and they don't play a good team until. What, game week eight when they play away to Liverpool? I mean, yeah, no offense right. to Wolves, Newcastle, Fulham, Cardiff, and Brighton, but my God, you know, I mean, <laughs> you know, those are some of the, you know, probably two or three of those five teams are going to get relegated this yeah. year, you know? So it's a, uh, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a great, it's a great run. It does, however, it's such an easy run that you would expect to see some more rotation. And that's going to include Aguero for sure. I mean, you know, just because that's going to happen doesn't mean you should not have Aguero in your squad or, or any of these players. But, um, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm not tripled up right now on City. I only have Mendy and Aguero. So it, it feels like a problem I have to solve. And I, I guess Bernardo Silva is the easiest way to do it. So he's probably going to come in for Diego Yota. Yeah. Um, I, the only thing that does give me pause, I guess, is that is there a chance that Silva does is, – is he the next guy to get to get a road? But this is like – can you – I don't know. Like well, the, you can't okay, let transfer me, for one week anyway. You know, he's not going to get – he's not going to get rotated two weeks in a row, right? Yeah, we, we did talk about this with James – with not James Blake, the, uh, the great recording artist with um, Peter Blake <laughs> last season where he was selling us on Raheem Sterling very early on in the season, like right around game right. week eight or nine. And I remember being quite skeptical and – you just had to suffer through, you know, one every six or seven game weeks where you saw their rotation. But Sterling right. still rose above. He was, what, the second highest point getter uh, in the game last season. Yeah, yeah, it's true. So, yeah, exactly. If you think to yourself, I can't make this move because they may not play the next game week. Like, unless you think that they're, they're just on the way out of there. This is why I wouldn't want to bring in Mares is because you just don't really know if he's even a rotating like how he fits into their lineup. Yeah, he but well he I, doesn't I think, he doesn't fit into that team by my estimation. Yeah, I, but we but I think we can feel pretty confident in saying that Bernardo Silva is a fixture in that yeah, team. Yes, agreed. Know, and, and probably a starting fixture, you know, until until KDB comes back at least. Yeah, I agree. And and KDB was one of those players last season that saw virtually no rotation of any kind. So yeah, there are going to be those. Uh, players that Pep will gravitate toward where he can sort of lean on them. Uh, last point I'll make on on my perspective on this, Jeremiah Johnson asks, is the investment in the city mids worth the rotation risk? And again, I'll just bang the drum for my strategy. Ederson, Mendy, two defenders. You talked about these great fixtures coming up, Josh, up till when they play uh, Liverpool in game week. Uh, is it eight? I, I think that's that's as viable a game to play as playing the midfield rotation risk. Um, sure. And if the goals are going to get spread out as they are, and Mendy is going to get just as big a portion of the attacking output as any of the midfielders or strikers, then I feel like I'm in a good spot. Yeah, I think, I, I think, so. I mean, it doesn't quite work for me. Um, I guess, I don't know. I just, have, I'd have to pick my, my defender, I guess. 
I guess it would be John Stones. Is he the safest uh, defender? He was at fault for the first goal, though, for the, the, the goal that Huddersfield scored, I think. so. Yeah, Laporte, um, Laporte, too. Maybe Laporte. Yeah, Laporte. I mean, Otamendi's back in training now, so there's a little bit of worry there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I mean, the, yeah, right. The Ederson Mende is, is the way to go, um, or Ederson, but... Um, yeah, it's, I, I'm not going to swap Allison for Ederson. That just doesn't feel like a, a, a move that like that move doesn't make any that, sense. That, that is very much like Letterman on the Oscars going Uma, Oprah, Uma, Oprah, <laughs> Allison, Ederson, Allison, Ederson. Um, Gabriel Castellano says, should I wild card to get Aguero? Um, I'm assuming that he has to, you know, burn enough. He'd have to burn a bunch of points to bring him in. I mean, what do you think about just just doing a straight up wild card right now to bring in Aguero? No, uh, not not just for one player. Don't don't destroy your whole team just reacting to um, his incredible hat trick against Huddersfield. If you have other yeah. problems that you urgently need to solve then I don't hate it just because City just have this tremendous run. I don't hate it either, actually. I think, um, yeah, I, I, assuming you have other problems, I think that wild carding to get Aguero makes sense. Just it, it is such an incredible run of fixtures. And if you, you know, what is it like? The, is it like a run of about six games? Like, yeah, three, four, five, six. It's like five games. Like it's a run of five amazing games. Let's assume he starts four to five of those games. Um, you'd, you'd expect him to score in, in all four of those, you know, so um, I, you really want to have him in your squad and he's not that expensive. Like, you know, it's not going to like destroy your team to bring in Aguero. So I think it's, um, I, mean, I, I mean, obviously if you're wildcarded, you can like really fundamentally change things. But if you want to just make like four changes just to bring him in, I think it's still worth, worth wildcarding. Final question on Manchester City from Brent Nunkas, who asks, why is Sané having so much trouble getting playing time? So uh, two matches, zero starts for Sané, a player who was in so many templates approaching game week one. What what is your assessment there? Is it is Mendy keeping him out of the starting lineup? It could be. Uh, Mendy was keeping him out of the starting lineup last year when uh, before he went down with injury. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's just that the team is so loaded and he just hasn't played as well um, in training. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, this is. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's performance on the pitch so much as just not being the best, you know, at the where like the best option at the position where he wants to play him, you know. So yeah. um, he also has you know, the could, he yeah. has Fellaini type hair. So is is Sane growing into a plan B character just by virtue of his haircut? So right. Fellaini yeah. gets thrown onto the pitch at the 75th minute because we need we really need a goal. And uh, Sané is just slowly before our eyes, uh, turning from a German to a Belgian. I do want to see. I want to see a Guendouzi, Fellaini, Sané midfield, and uh, uh, maybe be, and yeah. David Luiz just behind them. Ah, oh, beautiful! <laughs> You'd win the league. You you wouldn't lose a match. How could you not? Um, so that's yeah. So City, it feels like uh, you've got to. You really have to have three players, and there's a couple different ways to do it. But it does seem like. I mean, I think it's it's interesting because really, it's it, it's you know, what three players do you want? And it's almost like you start off with Aguero and Mendy. Like we didn't even talk about Mendy. Like to me, it's, it's such a given that he is an essential player that we didn't even really discuss him. Yeah, much. and comparing his his match against Huddersfield to uh, Arsenal in game week one, where he also had he he looked great, but he kind of looked wild and unpolished at times right Huddersfield a different type of opponent than Arsenal but I thought Mendy looked sensational he looked much more composed save what should Mm -hmm. have been a yellow card challenge at the end of that match that um you know uh, 
that is that is where God, uh, if if we do believe in an FPL God, uh, FPL sage, <laughs> that's when he was looking out for all of us by not giving Mendy a yellow card there. All right, uh, part two: expensive flops. We have some questions about some players who have not performed so far. Maybe flops a little too strong after two weeks. But Christopher Adams says, "Is selling Aubameyang necessary at this point, or am I hanging on him for the upcoming fixtures?" So I had this, I had this idea that maybe I would um, throw a wild curveball and drop Aguero presently for Aubameyang. Uh, they're both 11 million. Um, you know, we, we do have a lot of anxiety about Manchester city rotation, taking that all into account. Guess who else has incredible fixtures apart from Manchester city? It's Arsenal. So if, if we look what's upcoming, it's West Ham home, Cardiff, Newcastle, Everton, Watford, Fulham in game week eight. Arsenal have had some pretty bad luck, some uh, not uh, desirable results, but they've come up against Manchester City and they played Chelsea, who looked pretty excellent uh, in patches. Arsenal's attack did have its moments. Yeah, Aubameyang missed one or two sitters, but uh, he will be scoring. I mean, guess how many goals Aubameyang is going to score over the next six weeks? Right. Uh, four, maybe. I don't know. Five. Yeah. So uh, I, I, I mean, the fact that I would yeah, be missing fi- sitters. Be fi- Sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I was going to say, you know, missing sitters can be a good thing in a way uh, because it means that they're getting themselves. He, he was in position to convert. You yes. know, I mean, it, he seems like the kind of, I mean, he's not like a 21 year old who, uh, you know, might have shaky confidence or whatever. I mean, I think it, I think it, you know, he's a veteran player. Um, you know, I, I I just don't think that him missing some not a Murata situation. To, exactly, I don't think it's going to affect the psyche too much. Seems like a, he seems like a player that has a lot of confidence. I don't know if you agree with that assessment. No, I, I do. He he, he kind of has a wry smile on his face, even in those low moments where he he knows himself. He knows his yeah. ability. He knows he can do better. And I mean, we're we're just waiting laying in wait for this Arsenal team to take off and it will happen. Yeah. It just, yeah, you really can't, you know, you have to, you have to really account for just how difficult those two for, you know, I mean, to play city and Chelsea in the first two matches, it's just a, just a brutal start, you know, especially with a team that's, that's reinventing itself. Yes, exactly. Compounded by the fact that it's a new manager and some new players. I mean, Gwen Doozy, it was night and day. I thought he was there. Well, Many Arsenal fans agreed he was their man of the match. So. I thought Torreya played well when he came out in the second half too. It's just exciting to have these these kind of technically sound players in the middle of the pitch <laughs> yeah. for Arsenal, and yeah, it's a fun first half. I am completely alarmed, like shaken by how small Torreira is. <laughs> You're watching the match, and it's now like, oh, he looks rather small. He looks like an eight year old, like. <laughs> He looks like he has all the proportions of a regular man, but um, it's like that that force perspective from Lord of the Rings, where uh, <laughs> right. like Socrates is 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 meant to look like Gandalf next to him, but uh, yeah. and, and then Terrera looks like a hobbit. It's incredible. Yeah, I mean, would would Angolo Conte tower over Terrera? Like, how just how short is this guy? Like, he wouldn't even see him. He wouldn't even see him there. <laughs> Conte would be like, who's somebody's talking? 
Uh, another question about a Bobby Yang, uh, Trevor Ingerson. Hello, Trevor. Uh, Patreon supporter says, I've got $3 million in the bank and a Bobby Yang. Do I stick with him? Great upcoming fixtures. Or do I move to Kane? So there's a little twist on the Aubameyang thing. Aubameyang to Kane. What do you think about that? All right. Uh, first of all, Trevor. Trevor is uh, a very I call sensible. Him Obama too. I like that. That's <laughs> Aubameyang. Uh, Three million in the bank. Uh, that's an interesting position to be in at this point in the season. I assume the plan, the long-term strategy here is Aubameyang gets turned into Harry Kane with that extra three million. Um. So I guess can we talk about that real quick? If we're talking about Aubameyang moving, and I'm, I actually think to, the short answer is stick with Aubameyang. Yeah, um, I, and see, I, and yeah, I think so too. Yeah, I mean, I thought Kane played okay in the full-on game. He he wasn't great. I I do agree. His goal that he scored was well taken, Richarlison esque. I have to say, <laughs> uh, he's been he's been watching video of Richarlison. I guess, yeah. <laughs> How does he do it? I've got to find out. <laughs> but yeah, that whole Spurs team. You were talking about Ben Davis earlier. Um, the whole Spurs team has yet to really click into high gear. I mean, Fulham basically just turned the game over to them at some point around the 70th minute. Um, yeah, stick with Aubameyang. Watch Kate Kane with interest. I would I would not be moving Aubameyang just yet. Yeah, I, I wouldn't either. Uh, Jay says Erickson's diminishing appeal. Uh, ship ASAP. Nine point five million. It feels like too much for what I'm seeing from the Spurs midfield right now. Um, I mean, this, okay, so this is where it becomes interesting to. Remember two seasons ago where it was a great debate? Who do you have? Do you have Erickson or do you have Deli Ali? Right. And uh, I think we've finally turned back to Deli Ali at this point, and he's cheaper at 9.1. Uh, goal in, in game week one and an assist in game week two looks in, in great nick. I am much more interested in him at the moment than Erickson, who looks. What a, I mean, what about uh, Sadio Mane? I mean, I know he's 0.2 more now, but I mean. I don't know. I, I mean, we've only seen one match as of this recording from for Mane, but that guy looks like a world beater, and he's under ten million. I, just that to me is an easy is an easy move. I mean, Liverpool have great fixtures too. I mean, they play um, after this Palace game. They play um, Brighton. They play Leicester. Um, they do have a, an away match at Spurs, although this team is kind of fixture proof. Well, certainly their attack is. So uh, then they play Southampton at home. Um, so I mean, that's yeah. you know four good fixtures and five if you include the Crystal Palace match tomorrow. Yeah, Danny Bean is in the same situation as looking for a Sanchez replacement, so I can afford anyone. Already has Bernardo Silva and Mo Salah, so Mane. So yeah, uh, Danny is looking at Mane as well. Everyone who punted on Alexis Sanchez, pretty shaky after game week one. Now he's out with a mysterious injury. Ailment, yeah. It sounds (laughs) like somebody somebody pouted themselves to death. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wondered about that too. Yeah, is there, is there something going on and they're just covering for him? Um, all right. So Adam Benjamin says, uh, who to go for, Pedro or Mikatarian or Mane? Uh, I'm so confused as to who is going to stay in form. Uh, looking at their next couple of games, it's very tough to decide. So, uh, what do you think? I mean, Pedro, Mickey, Mane, like which? Who would like you know? Let's say you're let's say you're swapping out one of these disappointing nine to ten million players, and you want to free up a lot of cash, right? Because if you if you move Sanchez to Mkhitaryan, that frees up three point five million. 
right? So that mm-hmm. can be used to upgrade Josh King to Sergio Aguero or something like that. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. that's not quite enough money. You'd be one million short, but let's say you could. You know, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's say. I mean, you could you could bring in Firmino for that for nine point five. So, um, yeah. who do you like more between Pedro, Mickey? Um, let's throw James Madison in there. Um, I, mean, I think. Yeah, we could throw in Polk if you want. I mean, we could, any any president, I'll throw in there, Brandon. <laughs> Benjamin Excellent. Harrison. Yeah. Yeah, can I get a Garfield? You can get a Garfield, sure. Yeah, and get Grover Cleveland twice if you want. Uh, I have a bit of a situation right now in that I'm, I've talked myself into turning Jota into Mkhitaryan, and I'll be doubled up on Arsenal in the midfield with Mesut Ozil. I don't think we need to talk about Mesut Ozil again because it's the same it's, old story with him. You have like a you have a you have an amazing team except for one Mesut Ozil sized problem. <laughs> so you know this is this is how we size Ozil up before the season. Oh, eight point five. It's finally the right price. New manager, some decent fixtures starting in game week three. This is the right time. So now I guess I really have to challenge myself. This is like. This is Uber bus team. This is like set your bus team game week one for the season. <laughs> yeah. Am I going to stick with Ozil? Um, like I was saying, I was kind of tempted to um, see how I could work Aubameyang into my team. But now I, I might be satisfied doubling up on the Arsenal midfield. Um, so dropping, I can I can do this by turning Josh King into um, Ings. Okay, and the and the money I get with Ings is, is enough to upgrade Jota into Mkhitaryan. Yeah, we'll talk about Ings in a in a minute, but that that Ings move is very tempting. The King to Ings, yeah. uh, and you have to change one letter and add an S. I mean, it's <laughs> it's very simple. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm into that. I'm into that move. <laughs> I mean, a lot a lot to think about with everything that's gone on in game week two, good and bad. But one of my biggest takeaways, I think, is. Mm, Chelsea actually look interesting. They had a real wobble huh. in the second part of the first half against Arsenal. Yeah. Apart from that, uh, they they really, particularly Pedro, really seems to be cottoning to this sorry system. So yeah, mm. I, well that's that's the for me the question is: Do I downgrade Yota to a six million? midfielder um not that i if perea was still six million that would be really tempting um and so to go from yota to a six million or 5.5 million player i guess um maybe maybe frazier actually um i thought that'd be doubled up on bournemouth which seems like a lot but then i actually i'd I'd move davies davis into um alonzo um you know i need i need need 0.5 to make that move though so um so you've gotten bit by the chelsea bug as well I well, I, how could I not? I mean, if you, if you watch that Chelsea Arsenal match, I mean, Alonso had a goal and assist. He probably could have had even more. You know, yeah. I mean, okay. Here's the here's the thing, Brandon. I was going to say this for later, but I'm, I'm going to say it right now. Okay. The clean, the this clean is like sheet opening is, your Christmas presents on Christmas Eve. This is great, Brandon. The clean sheet is dead. Okay, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Do not invest in center backs, okay? I know that Tarkowski started today. In general, however, do not invest in center and backs. And Shane Duffy. Duffy, too. Okay, so two. two. But in general, this is the year of the fullback, okay? Just don't worry about the clean sheet so much. Worry about getting fullbacks who can score, fullbacks who can assist. And that makes me want to look at Alonzo. It actually, it makes D- Davis tempting, too, but I just need to, I need to make some moves. And he's the... Uh, kind of easiest enabler to make that happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that's where, I, that's where I'm leaning right now is to, towards some fullbacks. Yeah. Chelsea have Newcastle in game week three, Bournemouth, Cardiff, West Ham, meet up with Liverpool 
at Stanford Bridge in game week seven. Then it's uh, Southampton. Really good fixtures. My worry with Pedro, I guess, would be the cliche one of of he's he's a bit of a Premier League gray beard and how how consistently can he play play? That's that's my worry with Pedro too. So um and that and that's why I would go with Mikatarian personally if you're just if we're just isolating these these midfielders. Yeah. Although I think I think Mikatarian's like a year younger than Pedro. <laughs> yeah, Pe- Pedro's only thirty one years old. I guess it's Doesn't, like it's it, you assume that if anyone leaves Barcelona, um, yeah, I, mean, I know Alexis Sanchez did the same thing, and and you could even make the case for uh, um, who's who's the uh, winger who plays at Watford, uh, De La Feu, uh, right? <laughs> by, by my logic, De La Feu is pushing forty. Like Obviously, years old. not. Yeah, yeah. Mkhitaryan is uh, so uh, Pedro turned thirty one in July. Uh, Mkhitaryan is twenty nine, turns thirty in January. Uh, okay, so uh, next question says, uh, Man United Assets is from FPL Chancer Dan. Um, Man United Assets, is it time to run for the hills? Yeah, no question about it. Uh, it is It is a diseased club at this point. Watching that Brighton match, I don't know how you can draw any other conclusion. Um, Pogba is tempting a lot of people too, right? Because he's got two goals and two. Um, but he, he looked... He looked like one of the – we were talking about this before we started recording, Josh. You were saying he looked like one of the worst players on the pitch that entire game. Of course, he steps up and takes a penalty, and suddenly he becomes a better FPL asset. Now, I guess you couldn't – Yeah, the whole second half of that Brighton game, he was just sloppily fouling everybody Mm -hmm. and then then getting outraged that he was getting called for it. You know, like that was – how many times did that happen in the second half? He plays this very dangerous game where he, like like all great holding midfielders, he sucks defenders in and he knows when to release the ball. His problem is, is he's so good at waiting till the last moment to release the ball that people just clatter into him. And then he a- acts like he doesn't know how that happened. Well, it's the entire game that he's playing. So yeah. I have... I've, no sympathy for him. I thought the way he was winning the ball back too. I thought was a little. Um, he was being a little reckless. Maybe it was because they were down two goals and he was just trying to make something happen. But um, I was not. Yeah, I was not supremely impressed with him. Okay. But yeah. It, it United was, it was a great defense. Fantasy though. goal. Uh, yeah, the United defense. Um, honestly, if you think about it, I mean, they're they're probably playing almost. It's almost entirely second choice defenders outside of De Gea. Right, I mean, maybe maybe Bai is is a starter. I mean, Luke Shaw is, uh, um, in in theory, filling in for Ashley Young. I mean, I realized Young played today as well; didn't play well. Um, filling in for Young, uh, Valencia is out injured. Um, Phil Jones is maybe first choice um, in the as a, as a center back. Um, I mean, they didn't really get any of the center backs that Mourinho wanted to buy in the offseason, so they're kind of forced to play second choice there i mean by had a terrible game too it's just a weird um i i don't love that defense and mm-hmm. I, I i should have trusted my instincts i mean okay i guess i guess but even shaw i don't trust long term to be a starter in that team um that so shaw. i think it, i think it is time to to just I think I want to just not have anyone on that team for a while you know <laughs> and just yeah. like give it a few weeks and maybe <sighs> maybe let's reevaluate they are expecting a lot of those players back very soon. I mean, I think the, they're really missing Ander Herrera and Matic a lot. Matic in particular. Fred, yeah. 
Fred looks interesting at moments during these sure, games, I, but he, he he is a bit chaotic. Yeah, I hear you on Fred. I I don't know. He's there. There are worse offenders on that team for sure. So <laughs> yeah, uh, the, yeah, it's it's a tricky time. I'm just yeah. bringing it. I'm bringing it up because I feel like the defense is also suffering from having so much tumult happening directly in front of them. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So yeah, maybe it's just time to just take a break from the United entire team FBL wise and come back to it yep. uh, in a few weeks. Brad, let's take a break. When we come back, we have our lightning round and our game week three preview. Josh, a quick minute for our friends at starting 11, where you can play cash games. Josh, we love money. Cash is king. Just like Wu-Tang said, it moves everything around us. Cream, dollar, dollar bills, Craig, get the money. That's true. Great, great song. <laughs> a great song just turned into a great way to play fantasy football. Absolutely. So starting 11, it's daily fantasy. You take away all the long-term anxiety of FBL. It also takes away the anxiety of all these will they start, won't they. When you play mm-hmm. starting 11, the team that you set up, you can adjust it right up to the last minute before kickoff happens. Uh, so even when the team sheets are announced, it's not too late to tweak your starting 11 side. And once the whistle blows, you're in complete control of, of your team. And you have up to three live in-game substitutions that you can use as if you're the manager on the sideline. So if substitutions happening in the game affect your starting 11 side, you can tweak as needed. If certain players are not playing well and you want to bring somebody else in, you can do that up to three times. Yeah, this this game was really invented for the Manchester City team, isn't it? Because <laughs> it really eases that that anxiety you were talking about before. It's like, don't have those players? That's okay. We can you, know, you can you can make a squad of actual starters in, in your in your team. Yep. So uh, any day in which there are at least two Premier League fixtures happening, you can fire up the Starting Eleven app on your phone and build a team with no budgetary restrictions out of those players from those games. And mini leagues are coming soon to starting 11. You uh, you don't have to necessarily play with strangers or, or re-up every match day. You can set up a mini league. That feature is coming to the app very soon. Just a reminder, cash games for starting 11. They're live in the UK, US, Canada, and Germany for your iOS. And cash and free games are going to be available everywhere soon on your Android phone. Josh, we've got a special podcast featuring Thomas Braun, one of the co-founders of Starting Eleven. That's coming up on our podcast feed later in the week. So you'll hear much more about what's new at Starting Eleven straight from the horse's mouth, as they say. That's right. Yeah. So uh, in the meantime, listen, uh, visit starting11.io. That's starting11.io. Brandon, we're back. It's part two, the lightning round. Every question gets an answer in 30 seconds or less, unless that answer takes longer than 30 seconds. Ian, FPL Strategic says, looking back at your personal preseason assumptions that sh- that share... That is like a lot of S's or something. I don't know what that is. <laughs> that shaped your game week. <laughs> that shaped your game week one team. What was A, a good assumption, B, a bad assumption, C, uh, one that you, are, you aren't sure either way about yet? Um so do you want to you want to lead us off here, Brandon? Yeah, I guess I will lead us off. Um, my assumptions that Liverpool and Manchester City would really be the only two teams worth uh, heavily investing in seems to be holding true. Mm-hmm. Um, an assumption that was wrong uh, was definitely that uh, all the hype about Diego Jota was real. Um, mm-hmm. probably also no bigger than that, bigger than that. I, I did at 8.5 million 
um, make a big bet on Mesut Ozil that he would be transformed by a new manager. Right. He looks and, like the same old Mesut Ozil. Yeah, he looks like the same old depressed, I want to kill myself, Mesut Ozil. <laughs> <laughs> uh one yeah. that I one that I don't know yet is probably Arnatovich. Um I yeah. think Arnatovich still looks great, but that West Ham side, it could not be understated how much of a train wreck they still are. That was a lucky pen. I mean, if yeah, if not for that, he didn't really do much in the in the game outside of that. I mean it, kind of dangerous runs in the box, I guess, but I, I didn't feel like he really had a clear goal scoring chance outside of that. I guess I didn't see all of the first half. I don't know if you saw something that I missed, but I, I feel like it wasn't the second half that I watched. I didn't feel like he was like a dominant. So I, I, I was I was watching. I couldn't see so much because I was watching this new NBC broadcast feature called Premier League Mosaic. Uh, so I'm watching Spurs Fulham on the big screen, and then I have my iPad. Yeah, you know, it's a normal size yeah, so iPad. You're you're like a you're like a what's his name? Uh, who's the guy from Shawshank Redemption? Um, you know the. Uh, to Tim Robbins, <laughs> the other guy, <laughs> uh, Morgan Freeman. Mark, you're like you're like Morgan Freeman at the end of the Dark Knight, where you've got like all the screens up in front of yeah, you. Yeah, I was definitely spying on various Premier League <laughs> matches, like it was on CCTV. But um, it's a great idea if if you have like a a TV that is more giant than the actual TV they're using, wall to wall. Because with three games happening at the same time on your iPad screen, you could barely make. You're basically just watching to see if there's a close up of somebody celebrating. Right, right. Uh, it's a goal watch. So yeah, to to be honest, didn't get a full holistic view of how Arnie looks. Uh, I will. Um, I'll back up your good assumption. I, I felt the same way about Liverpool and Man City. I I picked up five between them. I should have picked up six. Um, I'd say a bad assumption is um, actually that that Chelsea d- wasn't that you didn't need to invest in Chelsea early. Um, that was just an assumption I made because I was a little worried about the sorry transition. And I would say pretty much every Chelsea fantasy asset that's been touted has come through. I guess you could exclude Kepa from that, but. Um, you know, the, the, their two fullbacks, uh, Spokai and Alonso, have both been great. Um, and uh, and then even, I mean, Murata scored a goal. All the, the You know, Pedro scored a goal. David even, Luiz even, has been starting. David Luiz has been starting. Conte has scored. And Conte actually looks reasonably dangerous, which um, which is kind of interesting. Like, he actually, I'm kind of sold on him as a $5 million option now. Yeah, he was um, quite, they, quite far forward. Uh, he was quite far forward. Um and then what I'm not sure about yet, actually, is one that you think is a bad assumption, but I think it's too early to tell, which is just what to do with Wolverhampton players. Because mm-hmm. I, I do see a lot of FPL fantasy potential there. It just It's not clear who to have yet. You know, I mean, it, it could even be that it's Jimenez. You yeah, know? I agree. It's um, only 5.5 million. You know, it's an interesting option there. Um, so, yeah, that's a good, good question, though, uh, Ian. Uh, Mike DiPietro said, Mike DiPietro, excuse me. We should know the name of our producer, Brandon. Uh, You're fired. Ings is, Ings is looking at potential bargain as a third striker. He's 5.5 million Southampton forward. Says, uh, if you have someone else in the sub-7 million range, is it worth making the move to Ings? <laughs> I feel like the only reason, so I'm looking to move to Ings this week with one of my mm. free transfers. The mm. only reason I'm looking to do that is to make money that I need to finance my other move. I um, mean, I and and Ings is intriguing because he looks decent. He looks like he's nailed for starts. He's improving that Southampton attack, all deference to Charlie Austin. Um, right. So he is intriguing. But do I 
actively want him just generally not necessarily um I, yeah so if if you're not if it's not a money move i would say do it when you've it's it's almost like a goalkeeper transfer your third striker transfer it's it's lowest on my priority list always unless somebody truly catches fire yeah i mean because i think the issue is, is when you're when you're moving around third strikers at that price range there's no one who's like just a set and forget ideal option you know i mean they're all they're all they're all pretty hit or miss you know i mean i guess we got to throw out like a word for troy Deeney here too who <laughs> picked up you know gold and assists three bonus points today um watford have a pretty pretty poor run of fixtures coming up but they do have three home matches in a row how, how did that happen by the way how do they play Palace, Spurs, and Man United at home three games in a row? Uh, oh, it must be because Spurs – it's probably a Spurs stadium thing, right? That's probably why. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, so they do have three in a row, so maybe that's an option there. I, I don't know. That, that does dissuade me from Perea a little bit. Um, so um, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's, it's probably worth making the move, but I, I don't think it's like um, an essential move and certainly not one, one worth burning points for. Uh, Jeff Petter says, is Callum Wilson actually a thing again? Um, he says, or is Ings the, the too obvious move? Um, he says, Mark Hughes teams don't tend to be free scoring, do they? And I was trying to like think of my answer to that question. I was like, well, they tend to be bad, uh-huh. you know, but do they tend to be free scoring? You know, it's like they're the kind of, right. I mean, I guess his Stoke teams could be reasonably free scoring at times. Um, I guess could yeah. score. I, I, I associate know. Mark Hughes more with, with crap defense than i do um with with bad attack or weak yeah i mean all all to say is i I don't ever think of mark hughes and be like those teams can't score i maybe stayed up somehow right somehow i mean the the, (laughs) what's through their defense that dude has has toured the the premier league um uh, let's see uh blackburn manchester city fulham qpr stoke city now he's he's at southampton he's He's not beloved anywhere he anywhere he right. lands or leaves from. Yeah, I like I do like how square jawed he is. It's like the only thing I really like about him. He's he's got a real. He looks like he could take a punch, doesn't he? Like, I feel like he's you know he looks like he a guy who's jaw? he's more like lantern jaw than square jawed, isn't he? Yeah, he's got I, a big jaw. I think he could take a punch. I I would like him as my manager because I just feel like he's not going to steal money from me. <laughs> uh we have really talked about callum wilson and his crazy diego maradona-esque run um ask the question of whether callum wilson is is any good or worth having i mean i i don't think he is very good and um he's proven i mean last year he was quite mediocre you know went on this you know epic run of not doing anything when he was in my team um so maybe a little biased there i mean it's that question of like am i biased or or do I just have I just learned from the experience of having a player who isn't that good, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so I'm gonna, I'm going to choose the latter here and say that Kellen Wilson is just having a good start, but that it's not going to last. So maybe this is a point where we can talk about. In some senses, it's a new season. We're just through two game weeks, and there is this feeling of clean slate, new season, clean slate, and and all right. the data reverts back to sort of zero or something. And and now Callum Olsen has scored two and two. He's great. It, don't Let's not forget the Callum Olsen from one, two, three seasons prior. You'd still have to take that into account uh, this early on in the season. So, yeah, I totally agree. Um, this is probably not what you can expect to get from Wilson in the long term. So, if you're not already sitting on Callum Wilson, I see no reason to just jump on that bandwagon. 
All right, Brandon, let's move to these this lightning round. Let's mix it. Let's get some real lightning going here, right? Okay. Richard Ray, should I hold firm with Tosin? No. I say yes. Uh, I like their fixtures. Um, I think he's played reasonably well. Um, I don't know. I mean, I like Tosin to Ings. That doesn't feel like a net gain to me. Maybe I mean, Tosin it's, it's a gain of 1.5 million pounds, which, you know, Richard might be able to use that to do a really boss move. So uh, that's true. That's true. I forgot that he was seven million. That, that's a bit high. Yeah. I, so I guess I, I don't. Okay. So we've already reached our thirty minute, our thirty second threshold for this question. But so I don't want to disagree with you totally. Tosin hasn't looked bad. It is worrying that uh, he hasn't had any goal involvement yet. But yeah, seven million is too much to pay for. Uh, yeah, he had an assist in game week one, um, and they play Bournemouth, Bournemouth away, and then Huddersfield and West Ham at home in the next two. I mean, I, I wouldn't be trading on an Everton player with the, with those fixtures. All right. Uh, Aldo Calderon asks Mickey, Pedro, or Jota. We've kind of already asked this question, but our lightning round uh, single word answer to this question is... Mickey Tarian. Yes. Mikatarian. I share your answer. Mikatarian. Waka Waka says, after Liverpool and Man City, where do you go for defenders with clean sheet potential? <laughs> I mean, anywhere, really. Um, it's yeah. your guess Clean is as dead, good as Brandon. mine. Yeah. As you said, dead. it's dead. I think you go for value, and you were making the good point earlier, Josh, is don't don't shop around for clean sheets. Do what, do as best you can to shop around for attacking potential with those other defensive assets. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Impatri Trust says, uh, can I hear your opinion on the Everton-Southampton match? Did you watch any of this match, Brennan? Uh, as I watched it in the mosaic format, so um, <laughs> so you know, I, I saw some of the key plays. Um, I think mm-hmm. Richarlson it can't be overstated how powerful his presence is in in that in that yeah, eighteen yard box. Changed everything, everything for that team. Yeah, it's, it's huge. Um, I don't want to be overwhelmed by Walcott's man of the match performance. I think we'll see that from him every every couple of months. The thing, the thing that still is a question mark for me about Everton is how involved Sigurdsson is going to be, and I don't think we've seen the best of him in this side yet. So that yeah. that that's one I'm hopeful for, but still totally not sold on. Uh, I will say I, I don't feel sold on either of the defenses. Um, that Yeremina apparently has like a like a knee injury or something like that right now that might keep him out for a little while. So. Um, Did you see, see Cedric's like, uh, smashing that shot against the the crossbar? I did see that. Yes. So I mean, yeah. I I don't know. So, I mean, Cedric at four point five to me is like, listen, that, perf- it's perfectly fine. That you know? is the like, best. I'm not, like, it gets. on my team to bring him in, but yeah, it's that's yeah, the that's best it gets, it gets for a Cedric owner. Is you get close, you never get you never actually get there. So. <laughs> you never actually get there. Uh, Nav, our friend Navin says, uh, should we all be playing four five one with the attacking wingbacks and mid price midfielders that are performing? I like I had weird intonation there, but basically the question is, should we all be playing a four five one with attacking wingbacks? That doesn't sound very fun to me, Nav, that we all do the same thing. It sounds like you're onto a pretty good idea. I'm not going to yeah, talk to you about anybody. it. Yeah, but yeah, exactly. Keep <laughs> yeah. that idea for yourself. Yeah, send, that, send that to us in a private message, Nav. I can't believe you put <laughs> yeah, this in the running order. <laughs> uh, Mark Moore says, uh, Randy has some good... Uh, 
Randy. <laughs> Randy. That would be amazing if, if, if Ramsey reports for duty uh, late July. So like, all right, my name is my name is now Randy. Now Randy. It's like it's like uh, John T. rebranding as Joe. I was not ready for that. What's going on, Joe? Uh, it feels too personal. Uh, Ramsey has some good fixtures coming up But with Emery tinkering this year Any other Arsenal players worth it right now? Yeah, I think we keep coming back to Mkhitaryan on this question Um, Lacazette, is he ever going to work his way into the starting lineup? I think that that will be the one that will truly pay dividends if, if If it comes to be If we could rely on Lacazette for some starts Particularly if we're looking at some double game weeks or uh, free hit chips. Uh, they, they, the attack seems to take on a slightly different life when Lacazette comes onto the pitch. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, yeah, I think we both agree. Yeah. Mkhitaryan, Aubameyang, um, Lacazette. Uh, yeah. It's just like, it's like a, like, how do you solve the, the, the issues? Like there's like four players for three slots or maybe five for four. If you include Ramsey in there, it sort of depends on, it almost feels like Ramsey and Ozil are competing for the same spot. Yeah. And that if Ozil plays further forward, then Ozil's competing with, I guess, Lacazette and possibly Mkhitaryan for a starting spot. Yeah. Um, although with Mkhitaryan's play, I just don't see him as a rotation risk. So, um, yeah. Anyway, there's there there are I think it's an interesting value there. I, I don't see I, I don't trust that defense at all right now. Although I think Barron's been looking really good with his so, uh, his runs. I mean, he's really attacking. Ramsey hasn't even signed his contract, has he? I don't know. Has he has he agreed to terms or anything? Like, so is it, is he it, he doesn't get the start on the weekend for no other reason than he just didn't get the start. So right. I, I think to directly answer Mark's question is Ramsey. There is there is some caution tape around him at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, Brandon. Um, final question uh, comes from Spalding. Uh, any Spurs players you want? Kieran Trippier. Uh, what an amazing free kick. I don't see Serge Aurier as competition for um, anyone, including the uh, pub non-existent pub team that we play in, Josh. Uh, mm-hmm. And Trippier's back, and he's going to be on lots of set pieces. He's, I want him. Okay, I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the free kick is a real added. If, yeah, and actually, that, that's something that makes Erickson even less... Um, valuable, right? Is if if he if he's not competing with Trippier for these free kicks? Yeah, I think we'll um, see more good stuff from Erickson in the future. But sure, of course, yeah, nothing yet there. There hasn't been one passage of play in which I felt Erickson was really showing me his vast potential. I mean, granted, I two still, weeks worth of data. I the cane the cane issue. I feel like I'm just I just have to table it for a week or two and. It feels like it's a problem that will have to get solved at some point. You know, like I, I don't think I can go 38 weeks without having Kane in my squad. Um, but at 12.5 million, I don't really know how I do it right now. There's no, there's no easy way to get there without dropping Mo Salah or yeah. Sergio Aguero. Or I mean, it's it's just it's not like it's it's not clear to me how I'd get there. You know, um, but I mean, I'd love to have him for game week four away to Watford. Um, Maybe game week five home to Liverpool. Although that game's not going to be at Wembley, you know, so it's not yeah. maybe quite as appealing. We just um, don't know. He was great at home to Liverpool last year. We really don't know enough about Spurs right now. They haven't. They don't really look settled. Ultimately, Fulham capitulated in that match. I mean, that is a credit to the way Spurs were playing. But I don't. That three-one scoreline does flatter Spurs ever so slightly. 
in my yeah. opinion. And yeah, as you're saying, there is some upheaval. They don't have a home just yet. Spurs are not a team that I'm I'm itching to get into. Yeah. All right. Uh, Brandon, game week three starts this Saturday. Early morning fixture, Wolves-Man City. I expect to have three Man City players in that game. I am very tempted to Captain Aguero, um, which, I mean, I guess that's like a... <laughs> I don't know if I'm chasing last week's points or not, but, I mean, Wolves have... Don't look like they can defend at all. Um, and uh, you'd expect Man City to play a strong, strongish side way to Wolves, right? Just given their attacking prowess. So, yeah yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I would expect Aguero to start this game. Yeah, I would too. I think it's going to be another week of long, heated debate between Aguero and Sala for the armband. I currently, my bus right. team, I've got it on Sala because I just Liverpool at Anfield are irresistible. Brighton yep. Yep. are a bit more organized than Wolves. I do agree with you there. So I'm just kind of going based on the um, uh, just the old school uh, way of thinking yeah. of go bet on the home team. Perfectly reasonable. Uh, Arsenal West Ham is an interesting game. I, I kind of expect Arnatovich to do something in this game. Doesn't it just seem like a game? Yeah. Like with this Ar- this kind of shaky Arsenal defense, it feels like Arnatovich is going to pick up like two goals in this match. Yeah, London Derby. Uh, the West Ham fans will probably like gleefully cheer for their team not at the London Stadium. So should be yeah. a decent atmosphere for West Ham to show up into. Uh, yeah, I think uh, there are goals on both sides for this match. I'm, it's going to be fun to have attacking players, and it looks like I'm yeah. going to be doubled up with Ozil and Mickey. And my just keeping my fingers crossed that Ozil gets the start. We got a couple of the kind of mid-tableish matches too: Bournemouth, Everton on Saturday, Southampton, Leicester, uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff. That might be like a relegation, an early six-pointer, Brandon. I mean that that uh, it'll be tough to beat that Cardiff Newcastle match for worst match this season. I mean they got in early with with one of the worst yeah. matches you could ever hope to watch. I do I do think this could be like the one and only good time to own Huddersfield players. It'll be an interesting one to to watch unfold. Yeah, and then Liverpool Brighton, I mean that feels like a pretty easy to predict pretty dominant Liverpool match, mm-hmm. 3-0, 3-1, 4-1 possibly, you know, something in that range. I mean Brighton's Brighton's the kind of team that they're a lot stronger at home than they are away and they tend to tend to tighten up a little bit on the road, so maybe maybe 3-1 that seems like a a reasonable prediction for that game. We very well, we very well might witness their strength at home live in person during the "It's Coming Home" tour of Always Cheating. So we're, <laughs> That's true. We're, we're eyeing October up that 5th. Uh, yeah. October fifth home fixture at the Amex. Uh, details to come. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Sunday you got uh, Watford, Crystal Palace, Fulham, Burnley, Newcastle, Chelsea. Those first two are kind of interesting. Yeah. Watford, Crystal Palace could be a fun one. That could be kind of kind of neat. Yeah, I agree. Two pretty uh, rugged attacking teams just facing off against one another. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You'd be you'd be feeling pretty good having Zaha going into that match. I feel pretty good about Zaha in general right now. I mean, well, I guess we'll see how I feel after tomorrow. But um, yeah, I you know it's I, I it feels like there's like some kind of like in my head there's a competition between Zaha and Arnautovich, like the two players that I was really considering. I. Hey, you know, I don't know. I, I initially was was leaning towards Arnie like most people were. Um, and then I sort of came around in Zaha because his fix are so good and because he looks so good in the preseason. Um, and then he, he he did reward me with a goal last week. So it's it's off to a perfectly fine start. Um, you know, but we'll see how he does at home to Liverpool tomorrow. 
Uh, and then on Monday, we've got Man United Spurs. And um, you're actually recording a uh, – I'm going to be on vacation next week. So you're going to be recording with uh, our, our old friend Dave Wagner-Lodal. Dave Wagner-Lodal will be in uh, filling in the large Josh-sized shoes. Yeah, he'll be here in my bedroom with me. No, actually, we'll be <laughs> recording across the uh, internet. Um, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun. This will be an interesting game. United Spurs, I kind of – like the 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 vibe around United is so terrible right now. I do it. It's like everyone wanting to see that Mourinho drama just get bigger and bigger and more out of hand. Yeah. And we'll yeah. be rooting for Spurs to steamroll them at Old Trafford and just get it yeah. to like Arsene Wenger levels of of anger. <laughs> I I really have no idea what will happen in this game. I I feel like any 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 result would not surprise me. They're all on the table. Including a nil-nil. So don't get too excited, everybody. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, Brandon, that's the podcast. Uh, this has been a, it's been a strange week. It's still happening. We, we got another, another huge match tomorrow. I feel like there's got to be, I, I don't know what the average is um, in terms of total players play, but it's got to be around eight or so. I mean, I think most people have two or three players going into tomorrow. So uh, that should be very interesting. But thank you for, thank you for listening. Thanks for um, listening, even though we're recording a day early, uh, especially if you're listening later in the week after uh, that match has taken place. Um, if you'd like to support the podcast, uh, we would appreciate it very much. You can go to patreon.com slash always cheating. I get access to lots of cool stuff, uh, private leagues and, and Slack and all the other stuff I mentioned before. Uh, Brian, we have some producer thank yous as well. Yeah. Thanks to all our producers, Mike DiPietro, Stephen Toomey, Sam Streak, Jacob Roberts, Nick Costello, Carl Rasmus, Lean Granley, Chris Howell, Rafi Khan, Martin Savage, Rick Brailsford, Jim Payne, and Adam Benjamin. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn, Pocket Cast, wherever you get your podcast. And if you'd be so kind, it costs you nothing, and it always helps us out a great deal. Give us a five-star review on iTunes or, yeah, any platform that you use. Josh, where else can people follow Always Cheating? You can find us on Twitter. We're twitter.com slash hailcheaters. That's H-A-I-L cheaters. Uh, Facebook.com slash always cheating. You can email us hailcheaters at gmail.com. Or you can visit the website for all this information, including the league code for the Always Cheating Super League. That's uh, www.alwayscheating.com. Here is where I insert a primal scream of relief and satisfaction for everyone in Game Week 2 who captained Sergio Aguero. The man, the myth, the Argentinian legend... He gets the hail from me this week. Hail, Sergio Kuhn Aguero. Yeah, hail Aguero. Well done, Aguero. Golf claps on my end. <laughs> Brandon, I will see you. Uh, I'll see you in two weeks. Have fun with Dave next week. Okay. Hail, Dave. Hail, Dave. Bye. Bye.